Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they make you cry or nut, from adrift to wind it up, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. A bare naked lady is he, it's my co-host Evan. I want him to easily rule the world so everything changes in Peterborough and the Kawarthas while we're both vanishing to the sound of his voice and performing a bank job in a china shop. I don't know. Maybe he's right. I don't know. I'm just kind of adrift. I guess I should take it back home and wind it up. It's my co-host Saker. Oh, so good. Um, that was a, I just came up with that on the fly because I forgot we had to do one of these again. <laughs> Incredible. You were looking down the whole time. So I, oh, that you were looking at your list of uh, how you ranked them. A song. You? Holy yeah, shit. but that wasn't, I wasn't the order I did it in. I did it completely randomly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, boy, oh boy. Yeah, that was good, buddy. I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, I am right. I think that's one thing that we should take away. Maybe you're right when referring to me. No, no, no. Definitely you're right. Um, Ebo. That's what uh, the song says. That's what the song says. And we must, we must trust that the Bare Naked Ladies knew what they were doing. Um, Ev, mm-hmm. here's... Do you feel like right before we recorded, I ate a corn dog? Um, wow. I haven't eaten a corn dog in years, but I was rummaging through my freezer and I found a corn dog. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself getting those deep freezer cuts? Speaking of deep cuts, I do sometimes. Yeah, uh-huh. I was cleaning out my freezer today because, you know, like, especially with the quarantine, like freezer space has become so much more of a premium. It's at a premium. So I was, I'm cleaning out my, pre- and I run into like a, like a churro or like a, uh, um, like a, a sausage or something that's just in the back there. The other day I found a, um, a bag of meat and I wasn't sure what it was. Like I had uh-huh. no idea. It was like grayish and frozen. And I'm like, this could be beef. This could be chicken. This could be pork. Sure. So I thawed it out and I just like uh, put it in the slow cooker and made like a, uh, like it turned out <laughs> to be pork. So I made some delicious carnitas out of it. Oh, hey, that's great. How did yeah, you so prepare it turned out no not knowing what it was? How did you know to have like, you know, the fixins? Well, I just put it in the slow cooker with a little bit of like oil and mm. water. And then when I saw what it was, I added the fixins. Damn. Because that's the point smart. of a slow cooker is you got plenty of time. You got plenty of time to cook. It's not dude like you're flash frying the thing. Yeah. See, I've just been using my Instant Pot for everything lately. It's like a slow cooker, uh, except it gets very angry at the meat and I think makes it happen a lot quicker. A slow cooker yeah, gives yeah. you a lot of leeway. Like it's pretty calm. It's disappointed more than it's mm-hmm. angry. But an Instant Pot, man, that shit will fuck your meat up. Yeah, I haven't. I've been using my Instant Pot more or less but like i haven't felt like like everyone told me it was a huge difference but honestly like the difference between me getting up and putting the food in and then waiting all day for it or me hurriedly putting the food in an hour before it's due and then Mm. smashing it with pressure is -hmm. the same and i think i get better results from the slow cooker actually Mm -hmm. yeah that's probably true also your house smells fucking delicious all day that is also true yeah yeah as opposed to just for 20 minutes do you think if i put coal in my instant pot i could get diamonds is there diamonds yes yes yeah actually they they tell you not to do that because they don't want to undercut the diamond market sure they don't want to collapse the u.s economy but guess what bitches what u.s economy has collapsed so give up (laughs) i'm making diamonds in my instant pot tonight we're all making diamonds buddy yeah boy that's a that was a a remember when like those lap remember when lab diamonds came out like 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 genuine lab diamonds where you could like get a big fucking diamond, big fuck all diamond ring for like 20 bucks. And they're <laughs> like exactly the same as regular diamonds. Only like a jeweler can tell the difference. Do you remember that? Really? Was, no, I like don't. 
that was like in the um i think like late maybe the early teens even like it okay. wasn't that long ago because i remember i got all of my female cousins diamond rings for christmas and it That's was like amazing. 100 it was like 100 bucks and they fucking loved it and they're just yeah. huge they were like diamonds you couldn't like they were like four carat diamonds like some absurd huge diamonds and i was just having the, the funniest time of my life i'm like this has no value yeah did you did you uh did you get that on your knee when you presented them each with their diamond no no you, no i'm not gonna marry my fucking cousins okay i i okay i just thought maybe that's where you were going with this i, I mean that... they are they are great don't get mm-hmm. me wrong mm-hmm. but i also got all my male cousins diamond rings too so nice. i didn't want to play favorites so did you and also i have a lot of fucking cousins so it would hurt my knees yeah it would hurt my knees to get down that many times sure sure so what the, what happened like 25 how cousins co- they how left come when i no 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 no. sorry how come when i proposed to my partner i had to buy an expense what happened to lab diamonds do they they're still, still around exist? you could have bu- yeah absolutely you can buy one for like 20 bucks what really yeah well how absolutely. come nobody that's a secret that nobody tells you well, it's not a secret because like the diamond industry wants you to buy real diamonds. Like you got some yeah. some poor person in Africa has to be like beaten to death for your diamond or it's not really valuable. So hmm. like and that's just sort of I mean that's that's part of our capitalist society, right? And it's just how right. it is. Like they're not real unless someone's bled for them, I guess. But these hey. diamonds are like down to like the atomic level are like very similar. In fact, the, one of the ways they could the jewelers can tell I think I'm, I'm quoting this off of stuff I read on the internet like 10 years ago. So right. one of the ways the jewelers can tell is because they're too perfect. Like they don't have all the like impurities and stuff that regular really? diamonds have. Wow. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Holy shit. Um, so I guess so, the, the answer to your question is you bought a diamond ring because you're a fucking rube. I, I lied. I didn't buy a diamond ring. I bought an emerald ring, which is still bad. Probably. Are there blood? Oh, emeralds? Yeah. Are there blood sapphires? I'm, blood rubies? I'm, Oh, I would be surprised if not every gem was bathed in the blood of some disadvantaged uh, person mm. from a faraway country. All the Steven Universe characters? There's not one that's innocent? No, all of them All of them have really, really nasty pasts. That's a bummer. That's I don't a bummer. Know, were, they, were they naturally conceived or were they artificially made? Well, I mean, it depends on the character. Some of them were made and some of them were conceived. Are we talking about well, the kindergarten? The one, the ones that were made are fine. The ones that were conceived are bad. <laughs> okay, got it. Actually, it's the other way around in the canon. They were creating an artificial. Fuck it, never mind. Hey, I'm just talking from a from a gemstone perspective. Well, and a, not and the a human gems. life, a human life perspective. Yeah, not crystal gems. Yeah, well, because crystal gems aren't humans. So what do they Correct. care if people in Africa are hurting? That's a terrible thing to say. I'm sure Pearl would have something sweet to say. Sure, I maybe. guess. Sure, I, I guess. She's probably killed enough of them. Oh my god, she's killed African people? Well, this yeah, is she's a dark. A, well, I don't, I don't know, probably more like a, a pearls, like she'd have to a clam would have to die and then also I bet like some like Japanese divers drown, right? But I guess you could have cultured pearls, but then again you're just killing a clam, so that's that's no better nor worse than eating like a hamburger so yeah i yeah. guess that's fine oh see now we're weighing animal lives versus human lives i'm sure there's some yeah. vegans uh, and vegetarians d- who would be very upset with you well i appreciate their uh position <laughs> but to me i will almost always actually i will always no not always almost always kill an animal to save a human oh boy okay you're thinking like your dog versus your worst enemy is that a, a no a- uh yeah probably okay. i'm like i'm like would i like cut saw off a stranger cat a strange cow's head to save donald trump no i would not 
<laughs> strange cow. The, no, the just like met a cow in the field. Sure, not a cow that's a stranger, a strange cow. Like he's he has one. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I grew up working on a. Uh, I did my sum. I work my summers at my family's farm, so I've got a very like, you know, I've cut the heads off chickens and things like that. So Jesus. you know, it just it became like part of life for See, us. But yeah, thing. cutting the head off a chicken is like fell swoop. Cutting the head off a cow is like I would feel like it's gonna take a well, while. You don't you don't cut the heads off and use a spike gun. Jesus Christ. Ebo, this week we are going to discuss the album Fair Naked Ladies Army. Where am I going to put the woo-hoo-hoo? We're not like transitioning into a song. How the fuck Right we... here. Oh, actually, I'm not going to put it there. You we need to talk bitch. about something else, bud. Let's talk about what? a Fair Naked Lady thing we've been getting into recently. Some selfie cam jams. All these selfie yeah. cam jams. They're yeah. fun as hell, aren't they? They're fine. <laughs> they're they're very of the time. Obviously, it's each of the four Benedict yeah. ladies uh, playing their own instruments in their own rooms at their own times. Did you just watch mm-hmm. Pinch Me? You forwarded Pinch Me to me today. I've watched I've watched a bunch of them um, while I was I just watched and listened to them. And I think my favorite part is when Ed talks to you. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> He's just such a good boy. He just says such good, nice things. My favorite part is when Ty does anything. Ty is hilarious in those, and no one will tell me different. Sound of your voice cracked me up. Did you watch that one? No. Oh. Ty is sleeping the entire time through the video, and he does wake up to do his finger snaps, and then he goes back to sleep for a while. Uh, it's very funny. He's a funny boy. He's always hamming it up. You know Ty. He's a gigantic ham. Um, yeah, dude. They're all good. What was your favorite out of the ones that you've watched? Uh, Pinch Me, Lovers in a Dangerous Time. That's a good one um a couple other ones for other songs i didn't i haven't listened to yet sure so and to be honest i only half watched them because i was doing actual work for my job oh. while i was preparing for this podcast so bummer um and technically i'm supposed to still be working right now so that's why i'm <laughs> periodically checking my work email to see if anything comes in sure um we may have to stop the record what happens if you get something important do we stop do we do a full stop down yeah, we, we'd almost have to stop. I mean, this unless is... you want to hear me, like, type on my keyboard and curse for, like, the next half hour. That would make interesting, Pod. I could maybe throw it at the end as, like, a bonus. Because pe- all people want to do during this quarantine time is feel like they're hanging out with someone, you know? Just like, you know, si- silence, uh, you know, companionable silence in the same room as, as Evan cursing and, and typing. That's fun. You don't want to hear me, like, tip typing, do you? Or just, like, it'd just be me typing and, like, going, ugh. ugh. <laughs> that's, that's the companionable silence. That's fun. Okay. Maybe yeah. It seems like it like seems an, like a YouTube a YouTube thing where it's like six hours of somebody typing on their like if you want to if you miss your cubicle. Yes, <laughs> it's like an ASMR thing, except it's just you typing. Yeah. Um, Ev, did you yeah. see the? And occasionally, uh, someone will ask you an inane question. <laughs> yeah, stop by your uh, your cubicle. Uh, hey, do you get do you want to order out for lunch or did you uh, did you bring something? I packed uh, my own. Okay. I always pack my own. You know that. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just thought you know we're all going out so. Yeah, everybody thinks I'm super serious at work because I I am just at, I'm low key low key irritated the whole time I'm there. <laughs> Are they having a blast? Are your workmates having a good time? I don't know. I enjoy I enjoy my like immediate coworkers. Like mm. nobody in my office is a piece of shit, so okay. that's good. Good. Uh, Ev, I wanted to ask: Did you see the snack time one? No. Oh, that one is a a gem. You should you should check that one out because they do they do the thing where they get all the celebrities in to kind of like give their favorite snacks and there's some fun people that uh. pop up on your screen and they have like 
30 celebrities doing things. So I use celebrity in the very loosest term, like friends they have in Canadian bands mostly. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was fun. It was a good time. Alanis Morissette. Uh, Lanny doesn't show up. I wonder if there was a falling out between... Oh, well, then I'm not, inter- I'm not interested. <laughs> you don't care about Boothby Griffo? Uh, yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> that, that, that person. We watched him... Op- did we watch him open for Brinnicked Ladies? I don't remember. Uh, Katie Tunstall. Nor did I, yeah. She's oh, in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, never mind. She made eye contact with us at a Pretty Good Ladies concert, if I remember Yeah, the correctly. whole fucking time. <laughs> whole it was time. terrifying. She kept pointing at us, too, and, like, making that, like, throat-cutting gesture. <laughs> All right, here's where I'm going to drop that woo-hoo-hoo in. Woo-hoo-hoo! this week, mm. we have finished Bare Naked Ladies Are Me. So... It's time to do the normal thing that we do. We're going to talk about it a little bit. We're going to resequence the album. We're going to give our rankings of the albums from front to back. So let's start with just general general thoughts about this album. Um, did you have any general thoughts? Yes. Nice. Bro. How about you? How about you, Saker? Yeah, I actually okay. did. Cool. All right, Do you have let's any move on to thoughts? resequence. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did have some specific thoughts. Um, I thought this album was good. I also mm-hmm. think this album is the Bare Naked Ladies doing too much. This is the Bare Naked Ladies at mm. their apex of like fucking. We are finally free from a record label. We have the capacity to do whatever we feel like doing. So we're going to go off the deep end. This is like when somebody breaks up with their long term partner. And just immediately like goes on a sex spree. That's what the Bare Naked Ladies were doing mm-hmm. with this album, I feel like. Um, they recorded too many I songs. Feel, I feel like they were trying to reinvent themselves. Yeah. But they were reinventing themselves. They were pulling themselves in like eight different directions, right? We had two sure, sure. fan contests. We had three videos. We had 29 songs. We had like, it was just nuts. Like, I, I feel like they were they were a little too everywhere with this album. Not that it was bad because I think in their everywhereness, of course, they hit upon a lot of gems, but it was it was weird. Um, well, without Steve, I feel like they're, I don't know, like you said, they're getting out of sort of like a long-term relationship or something. So I feel like Steve was it, the driving force behind the band, right? Mm-hmm. So now that they have lost him, they had to sort of, they were kind of like rudderless for a little bit. And then, you know, everyone previously subjugated voices like you know kevin and uh, um jim and not tyler because you know he just does his own thing no matter what like sure they got more screen screen time i think sure and sure. i think with and i bet ed was let was easier to work with than steve just sort of is like the boss the the front man but but here's the thing is like we still have steve here you know what i mean oh I forgot. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> my brain's fried today. Uh, so I was thinking, what I was thinking is I think they're trying to go back to Gordon. <laughs> that's the quickest pivot I've ever seen you do. Okay. How so? Because that's what I was actually thinking. Yeah. Okay. I think that like heading back to Gordon, I think because this album reminded me of Gordon a lot because it was all over the place. Sort of like Gordon was all over the place, but mm-hmm. this album, they were, I don't, better musicians. I don't know if better songwriters, they were at least as good songwriters as they were back then, and they were, I think, better musicians now. So we're getting more focused energy on songs. Yeah, I I feel like if if Gordon, I 
Gordon is the child and this is the adult, right? So they have the same like sort of branching paths and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. multiple voices, but none of the songs kind of bring the same energy and, and, and joie de vivre as Gordon does. Um, there, I feel like this is a, this is like the adult visiting, um, their old home in the jag that they bought and during their midlife crisis and like visiting all their old haunts mm-hmm. and like, um, you know, just kind of reimagining how things used to be. Sure. This is where we used to yeah, live. This is very stuff. old yeah. apartment. Yeah. I kind of, I get that. I get that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, uh, but uh, what about you? Any, any other specific thoughts about this one? I liked this album. Like, I Me think too. it was, is it my favorite? I don't know. And I forgot that we were going to rank them again until just literally I said that. <laughs> That's okay. So, um, you know, I'll have to surprise myself because I really liked Vanishing. Yeah. Um, and I liked a lot of the songs here, but are they going to beat out like Stunt and... Uh, um, I don't know, man. That's see, that's we'll have what to I was, find out, won't that, we? That's what I was thinking. Is that like we have a lot of 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 great songs on this album, but then for me, and I know it's not quite the same for you, I feel like there were also like probably a third of the songs were kind of clunky on this album. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot that I wasn't super into. Home, take it back, vanishing. Um, they're they're just fine. Um, mm-hmm at best um but but then again you're right i think we do have standouts of their career bank job peterborough and the kawarthas um mm-hmm. you know uh bull in a china shop i think is fantastic too so i don't know i think i think we do we go both ways here and i i wrote out i i seriously meditated on it for a long time when i did my rankings and uh i think in the end i surprised myself with where i put this one um i don't know do you want to get right to rankings first would that be the easiest thing to do well, for, first I have to uh, look through the albums and uh, remember what they are. <laughs> okay. So could you could you run through the albums we've uh, we've? Uh... Absolutely, my friend. Our first album was called Gordon, coming right out the gate strong. After Gordon, <laughs> we had Maybe You Should Drive, the the sophomore. Uh, some say slump, some say effort. Uh, third out the gate is Bopes, born on a pirate ship. Mm-hmm. Um, which a lot of people still were in our junior slump now. I don't know if that's even a thing. Then coming in strong, album number four, Stunt. Stunt was, that's how it was released in uh, Norway. They had an umlaut over the mm-hmm. <laughs> Stunt. Stunt. Um, uh, stunt, still the powerhouse. Uh, Maroon, following Stunt, their, their real first <laughs> adult effort, I feel like. Then Everything to Everyone, and Bernicked Ladies are Me. So a lot of strong, you know what? I'll tell you what, I'm going to give my rankings and I'm also going to tell you where the great line ends, where the good line ends. Um, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's how I'm going to kind of subdivide mine. I'm going to tell you that after I give the albums. I think we're going to start. I think we're going to start diverging now because normally we're back with same, but now I think I've, I've come around on a lot of albums and other things so yeah i mean we have so many at this point too i think it's it's easier to diverge but then again i didn't think that last time we did mm-hmm. this i think we both placed everything to everyone's second which surprised the shit out of me um but let's see if things stay the same should we do this first mm-hmm. okay I'll, I'll synchronize sure. i'll synchronize our voices but I'll, I'll do the countdown here ready we're gonna do first place ready three uh-huh. two oh, this is first first place is like the best one the best one i thought we did the best one last I, I don't know. I feel, go, I feel like... We always go worst to best. Do we? we always okay. always go worst to best. All right, best. let's... Okay, so 
So here's our worst album. Place number seven. You okay. ready? Three, okay. two, ready. one. Maybe, Maybe you, you should, should drive. drive. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you should drive is, I think, on this list, the only bad album. Not saying it's totally bad. There's good mm-hmm. songs on it. Life in a Nutshell's on there. Some other songs that probably exist on there that I'm not thinking of at the moment. But <laughs> like, Jane. Was Jane on that one? Yeah, it was, wasn't yes. it? Shit. We have this discussion like every time. Intermittently, these apples. Hey, fuck, this is a good fucking album. <laughs> well, Never mind. You might have just convinced yourself. There are no Bad Brother Ladies albums. I think this is still right. my seventh, but there's no Bad Brother Ladies albums. All right, ready? Number six. Three, two, one. Born, Born on, on a, a Pirate, pirate ship. ship. We are so off. I can't tell if you're waiting for me or if that's a real thing that's happening. Are I'm you... repeating when I hear your voice, not when I see you move. Okay, okay. <laughs> Hey, the sound of my voice. That's, are that's you, okay. You're going to have a hell of a time matching us up, bud. Are you waiting for me before you say them, or are you just yeah. you're, are you saying them with me? I'm saying them with you. Mm-mm. Damn, we got some lag. All right. Now, that was those are my two good albums. And now all the five above here, I think, are great albums. I okay. think all five of these. All right, you ready? Here's yes. number five. Three, two, one. Bare Naked Ladies are me. Ooh. Oh boy! Okay, maroon for you. So this is yeah. where, yeah, uh, this is where maroon was previously. I slotted blame in here. Truly, soul searching. I knew mm-hmm. blame wasn't better than Gordon for me, and I so I kind of had to. Oh, I just spoiled my number uh, wherever. Uh, so I I had to figure out like, is it above or below maroon? Like, where the fuck does this fall? I looked at it track by track. I think maroon is a better album. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sure. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) What made you like... I mean, Maroon doesn't... Go ahead. Maroon doesn't have a lot of stuff that really called to me. Like, Too Little Too Late's great. Humor of the Situation's fun. Mm -hmm. Like, Tonight at the Night as Well, Sleep at the Wheel is great. Yes. Um, But pretty much everything else was just kind of uh, okay. Oh, Pinch Me was good. But, like, other than that, I was just... It's a pretty okay album yeah i mean i i think more songs resonated uh with me never do anything i really liked uh mm-hmm. conventioneers i was a fan of hidden sun you fucking love yeah so yeah, yeah i'm just i'm surprised that this one slotted in above maroon but okay here we go number four you ready three two yes one maroon. ladies are me okay oh fuck so this is our flip-flop all right yeah. interesting all right uh, and then I think our three, two, and one are pretty easy. Although maybe not. Let's see. Number three. Three, two, one. Gordon. Gordon. Okay. Easy peasy. Number two. And three, two, one. Everything, everything to everyone. Everything to everyone. Three, two, one. Stunt. Stump. <laughs> yeah. I think that that is, I don't, I, I, I think that I don't have a case to even rag on you for that f- mm-hmm. for that four or five flippity flop i i truly think that they're they're almost equal maroon edged it out in my head but i could see blame yeah. being the better album there mm-hmm. well you've got a lot of you've got a lot of nostalgia for maroon so i that's, can understand that that's true that's true yeah maroon is is uh yeah we did uh i i believe i tagged you in it um the uh 10 albums that influenced your musical taste when you were younger meme on facebook and uh maroon was one of mine yeah so and just like anytime anyone tags me i immediately unfollow you <laughs> i figured that's what happened but all right um ebo that's fun it's always fun to rank things people love rankings yes, um, yes. <laughs> do you want to rank like uh i don't know let's rank each other okay <laughs> out of the two of us who's your number two okay. ready 
three, two, two one, one. Saker. Saker. All right. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Fuck. And number one, three, two, two one, one. Everything Jesus. to everyone. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's pretty close, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Ebo, you ready to resequence this album? Show enough. Okay. I think usually I go first because my resequences are boring. So your resequences <laughs> are good and mine are crazy. Yes, which is fine. It's fun. Um, all right. So here's my resequencing for this album. Evan, are you ready? Of course. Always. Fuck the resequencing. Oh no. You're just gonna play uh stunt instead? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One week blasting out of my speakers as I drop the mic. Fuck the resequencing. This album is too confusing. It's too confusing. It doesn't make any sense to resequence it. Let me lay out a timeline for you. It makes sense to us now because we have 14 Mm -hmm. years on it. Upon release, September 2006, Bare Naked Ladies Are Me comes out, right? October 2006, Mm -hmm. Bare Naked Ladies Are Men comes out exclusively in Canadian Starbucks. It's (laughs) It's 12 tracks, Plus the two singles from Bare Naked Ladies Are Me, right? Uh-huh. Then the deluxe Bare Naked Ladies Are Me comes out. Not Men, but Me, which is 25 tracks. The 12 from Men and the 13 from Me, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the real Bare Naked Ladies Are Men comes out. Not the one that was released in Canadian Starbucks. This is February 2007 now, and it's 16 tracks. It's not 12 tracks anymore. They re-canonized the number of tracks on Brannigan Ladies Are Men. They just fucking up and made made it up. Plus, there's digital versions of these songs. There's Brannigan Ladies Are USB, which has a different, like, fucking order going on. It does not make sense to re-sequence Brannigan Ladies Are Me as a single album. Therefore, Evan, I am officially declaring Brannigan Ladies Are Me and Brannigan Ladies Are Men one bare naked ladies album whoa shit are we just going straight into bare naked ladies or men then I, did you review the first song from it like i asked you to uh yeah yeah um <laughs> bla- blandishing brandishing it's about the open carry laws <laughs> you yes. are brandishing you're the one brandishing <laughs> Oh. Um, so I'm not going to resequence this album until we're done with men. And then I'm going to take all 29 songs and I'm going to make one good album out of a double disc. I don't know how many tracks okay. that's going to be yet. That's but actually probably a really good idea. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. Cause I do this serious and I just couldn't figure out a way to do it. Cause it's like, there were no B sides to this because all the B sides oh. went to men. So anyway, gotcha. I'm, I'm just, I'm angry. The more I thought about this, the angrier I got. I was up at night until 3 a.m. My baby was crying. He was hungry, but I couldn't concentrate until I figured out this shit. You couldn't feed him. No, I was too upset. Not allowed to feed the baby until we get this resequencing. <laughs> That's I what follow I kept, the same rules. I kept telling my partner, don't feed him. She was like, but I, I'm not doing anything. I said, not until I figure this out. Quiet. <laughs> I'm thinking. Um, Ebo, uh, you always have a fun resequence. So let's hear. What was your resequencing uh, uh, way of doing things this time around? So I have a lot on my mind. Um, you know, I'm busy at home, mm-hmm. uh, still doing my job, like a mostly unchanged job because mm-hmm. most of my stuff was done over online anyway. And then I've also got to be a co-parent and I've also got this disease outside. And then we also have possibly one of the worst presidents of my lifetime mm-hmm. dealing with this. So like, 
I thought maybe like which of these songs would I want to be president? But then I thought, no, no, that's that might be for Blamen. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking like Apocalypse. I'm going to go back to the Apocalypse read, but sure. like specifically like a Mad Max style zombie apocalypse sort of thing, like a mix of all the apocalypses together. Okay. And I'm thinking which of these songs the narrator would survive the longest in the apocalypse. Which narrator would survive the longest in the apocalypse? Okay. I'm, I'm wrapping my mind around that. Okay. So I need to pull up all 13 songs here. So are we starting with the one that would die first or the one that would live the longest? We're going to start with the one that would die first. The one that would die first. Okay. So I've got my 13 songs. Uh, how Do you want me to, is it more fun if I uh, uh, do these out loud or is it more fun if I, I do this in my head and just present you with my work at the end? Do them out loud. Okay. I like I like you getting progressively angrier okay. as uh, <laughs> I refuse to uh, conform to your vision of the world. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like I uh, see we're not doing this the other way around, and I'm sure it's going to be somewhere on here. I'm going to get angry, but I feel like Bank Job is going to live the longest. He's an expert driver. He knows a gunman. So I think let, let me work the other way around. Who's going to die first? Peterborough and the Kawarthas is a fucking softy, um, but maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. Is I think the softest softy of all right oh man see i think maybe you're right and take it back are both apologetic for attacking someone and we cannot be apologetic for attacking someone during the apocalypse so (laughs) i'm going to go with take it back as my first victim Eh. oh fuck all right who is it wind it up wind it up Okay, but they're raring for a fight. They're going to take the, the fucking storeroom supplies right. that you have. Yeah, if we go with like a MAGA hat wearing right wing monster, he'd either do really well or really badly, depending on how much he believed his own party's propaganda. Uh-huh. But this guy seems like an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. So if he was a doomsday prepper with like a stockpile of guns and a remote compound, he could do okay. But if he's like most right-wing preppers I've seen, he lost the thread almost immediately and is out <laughs> protesting the COVID quarantine because he can't get his fucking mullet trimmed or go to Applebee's <laughs> with his other boys for like in the gun club for a $5 pitcher night. Sure. Yeah, this guy gets like bit fucking right away and is probably a fucking zombie or something. <laughs> okay. Wait, are because we... he's out fucking protesting on the state house when, when like, you know, the fuck he gets he gets the disease and he's infected. He's sure. done. It's a hoax. The zombie, the zombie disease is a hoax. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, he gets bit immediately. He's like, he's like I want my fucking hair haircuts mm-hmm. um oh man see some of these are hard because they're I, all ob- hard you're never gonna get any you're not gonna get a single <laughs> one is my guess obviously my impulse is to guess <laughs> take it back over and over and over again but then some of them are so obtuse and abstract like uh fucking home is mm-hmm. like you know that's when i knew like where does the heart reside if not in my head oh i could run but i'm petrified and choose this instead again fuck i think home is a fairly easy one for if i stick with one the whole time i have to get one for 13 if i keep <laughs> switching i'm not guaranteed one for 13 well i am whatever one's the last one all right ev i'm gonna go with home for the second one you are correct yeah. home hey! ding 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 hey! all right yeah i see home as like a first home is like a first responder who like is like a paramedic or a fireman or something. And he runs into that car on the roadside yeah. and he's like trying to help. And uh, either the person that he's trying to help is a zombie or like a, a you know, 
the guy from Wind It Up or something, and he either so, gets devoured or shot, or he like he does what he wants to do and like tries to to run and gets gets just gets run down or gunned down or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've uh, for the characters that we didn't identify in our reviews of these songs, you've just invented a personality for them that I have to guess. Is that correct? As always. Okay. Perfect. Uh, good. All right. Um, well, the personality of the home guy is he wants to help but he also doesn't want to help. Sure, 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 sure. So, um, but either way, he's on the fucking front lines and he's getting killed. <laughs> you know what? I've turned around on maybe you're right. Because maybe you're right. Oh, shit, but it's maybe you're right, but I don't think so. Because I was going to say, maybe you're right just based on title alone is like, you know, the governor says, you guys have to stay inside. You cannot go outside. There is a pandemic. And he goes, all right, maybe you're right. But <laughs> the, the full line is, maybe you're right, but I don't think so. <laughs> So shit. God, I'm I'm gonna go with maybe you're right is next. And ah fuck, who was it? It's take it back. Ah god damn it. Okay. Yeah. Like if this guy's an actual terrorist, he might do okay. I mean, I feel like terrorist cells are pretty well set up to weather the apocalypse, and they've got pretty already pretty much got doomsday cult vibes. Sure. But remember. He's not a terrorist. He's just a terrorist apologist. <laughs> so he'll probably die in like the first wave trying to make peace between rival factions of bullet boys and a machete cult or something. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. All right, Ev. This is the only time I will ever do this, but I think they're so tonally similar that if uh, fucking maybe you're right isn't next, I'm going to be upset. Maybe you're right. Oh, close, but no. Adrift. Fuck. Uh, yeah, I knew Adrift was down there because he's just a fucking sad sack. I feel like... This is the this is the Mad Max movie read. So I feel like this is like one of like the protagonist, like the real hero of the story's relatives or friends mm. who is just too gentle for like the harshness of the new libertarian hellscape that everybody's in. And he probably comes along, like gets the group into trouble a few times, causes a fight when like some of the harder people want to like leave him behind. But the protagonist just won't because, you know, this is my cousin Michael or something. <laughs> right. And I mean, this guy's probably already been bitten or infected with like nano cutters or whatever. And he ends up like he ends up either like killing himself if this is like a down movie where he's like, you know, I'm holding you back or whatever. Right. And he just like kills himself off camera or something. And then the main character finds it and reacts to it. Or he like if this is like an action movie, he sacrifices himself. Uh, after giving the hero a pep talk. Sure, sure. You know, I, I, like, and I'm just holding you back, man. <laughs> and then he runs into the zombies or something. Whatever. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm literally reading these two words right now. Uh, but this uh, protagonist does give me a real like Cormac McCarthy, The Road sort of feel, right? Like it's like your heart's got yeah. a heavy. Like you can do it. We just got to keep <laughs> going, little buddy. It'll be okay. <laughs> just keep your eyes on the road. Don't look at that emaciated corpse with its guts strewn out upon the road. <laughs> like we just need to keep going. So I forgot. This is every apocalypse at once. This is Mad Max. This is zombies. This is this is a lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Nuclear holocaust. Okay. Also, this is written like a Hollywood movie. So all these are Hollywood movie styles. So not like the real apocalypse would go, which will be shitty and not at all heroic. Well, okay. So let me explain my rationale because I was going to choose Peterborough on the Kawarthas next because of that big dad son feel, which you just eliminated with Adrift. But if this is a Hollywood movie, Peterborough and the Kawarthas is very obviously a father son. Therefore, we have to have a good ending for them. (laughs) So I'm going to say, let me look at my list of what's left. Uh, The next one fuck i'm so tempted for maybe you're right again um uh i'm gonna go with are you ready for this easy oh you motherfucker it's maybe you're right (laughs) damn it evan (laughs) 
So the way I see maybe you're right is this guy is like a mid-level bureaucrat in the Trump government who like warned everybody about the outbreak or the uh -huh. incident or whatever, but it's like constantly ignored. Um, and he gets like missed in the initial strike and he maybe makes it to a fortified vault. But other than that, he's like stuck. And he's almost assuredly like fodder for like a third act revelation when like the heroes break into the vault and like all the soldiers are dead or like have gone like feral. And uh, this guy is like hiding in like a, a, a locker or some shit and he like <laughs> breaks out and like tells them about quote unquote the incident or sure. something like that. So that <laughs> sure. like we can find out a little bit of backstory on what's happening. So yeah, this guy is, this guy's not making it, this guy's making it long enough to deliver his payload of information and that's <laughs> then no farther. Okay, got it, got it. Uh, okay, yeah, I think we saw the Maybe You're Right protagonist a lot different. You know what the deal is? Sometimes, you're not doing it this time, but sometimes you make me feel really dumb with these. <laughs> so you're like, what the fuck? How could you? I'm curious if the rationales that I'm using make sense to people listening. <laughs> if what I'm saying <laughs> is sensical to you, uh, give me the hashtag. Uh, sake sense. Sakes, uh, the sake sense. The I'm, sixth not, sense. I'm not sure how you would spell it, <laughs> but please hashtag the sixth sense. Uh, or if it doesn't make any sense at all, uh, no sense sakey. Um, okay. So next up on the chopping block, like here's the deal is I know who survives this. I know who gets to the end, but the hard part is in your twisted mind, who fucking dies first? <laughs> um, I think the next one to go is going to be fuck. I think the next one to go is going to be Bull in a China Shop. You are correct. Hey, all right. Yeah, okay. I I see I see like Bull in a China Shop. He's like the head bullet thrall or like chief nice knife taster or some shit for like Lord <laughs> Urinal. And he like he like does okay until like a scene where the hero needs to progress then like but when a china shop is like blown up or shot or strangled with a length of steel cable or like knocked off a truck and like run over or something like he's just like a like an underboss what the fuck was your rationale as the underboss to lord urinal for this song <laughs> because the guy's like he's obviously out of control right he's obviously self-destructive so like He's like the biggest bullet boy or whatever. Like he's like the guy who keeps the other bullet boys in check. He's like okay. the enforcer for Lord Urinal. Sure, sure. I didn't consider that. Uh, okay, sounds good. Um, all right. Um, God, sounding your voice is a fucking love story. So I feel like he's got to survive to the end because he's looking for his lost love. Um, and he, he's looked into the void and the void looked back and he said, there's not much to see here. He fucking turned his back on the void. So I think sound of your voice has to stay. Fuck. This is hard. Um, my next one is either going to be, it's either going to be easy or vanishing. So I'm going to go with easy and fuck. What was it? This is going to piss you off. It's bank job. What the fuck? How? Okay. So listen to my listen to this. A crack driver would do super good in a Mad Max setting, yes! right? <laughs> this is of course completely undercut by his inability to pick competent associates. I yeah. So the whole song is about not him fucking up, but everybody around him fucking up. Sure. So he's he'd probably make it out of a few scrapes, but he falls in with the wrong crowd and gets like electro guillotined or like tossed <laughs> into the or like tossed into the blood dome of Stangdor. And like, he could like provide like a Han Solo type reformed rogue character and who yeah. like helps the heroes escape the blood dome or whatever. But like, he's not long for this world. Like he's just gonna like 
fall apart. Yeah. It, so shit. You know who you he know. is? Uh, let me let me do a reference that I simultaneously do and don't get. He's the Han. He's the Han in that he's a reformed rogue, but he's also the Han in the and I believe I'm getting this reference right. The Fast and the Furious sense. Spoilers, where you be- <laughs> believe that he died in the Blood Dome, but he comes back in the second movie and is like, "Surprise, motherfuckers! I'm around still." Is that right? <laughs> Surprise! The I escaped the Pentagoon. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, does is that a character that dies in Fast and the Furious? No, I just made him up. Oh, okay. He's like five five goons in one. No, I'm talking about Han, not the Pentagoon. You did. Oh, shit. Han, yeah, yeah. Han's <laughs> definitely in, Han's definitely in Fast and the Furious. Okay, all right. I do, I do, I do see your. But see, the only problem with the group he picked is that they had loose lips, which I guess could fuck you in the apocalypse. You're right. Okay, good call. Damn right. Uh, okay, well, I can't say easy again because you'll yell at me, so I'm going to go with vanishing. Close but no cigar. Sound of your voice, buddy? That's fucked up. Sound of your voice is a fucking survivor. He would if he wasn't being sung by Kevin. (laughs) Wait, so now it's not just the narrator but also the singer. (laughs) The the voice of the singer... (laughs) is creates, integral to the, sure, to, the sure, to the narrator sure. yeah right? absolutely. because that's the narrator's voice absolutely so like this is a guy who yes lost is searching for lost love or but he's not like searching he's mourning the loss of his love like so this is a guy who like lives alone in like a remote a remote cabin or something somewhere he's self-sufficient but he's pining for company even though he doesn't know it so when our heroes like get out of the fucking blood dome He's the guy who's like the old man who's like, oh, you come on, come and live with me for a little bit. And so he gives him like that taste of like what it what it feels like to be civilized again. So he like makes him dinner. He like he's got a working shower or something. So you get that like little taste of like safety and then fucking, you know, death claws or, you know, whatever come and fucking rip him to shreds because we can't let that can't, can't have nice things in the apocalypse anymore. But here's- so, yeah, he gets killed by raiders or whatever at the end here's the thing is that you're saying kev's voice kev only sings it now on the album it does have stephen page uh, blasting it right but i don't care okay <laughs> you, you've made you've made this exercise very difficult for me this time around <laughs> almost as if it's entirely arbitrary that's yeah. bizarre uh okay have okay so let me tell you why i keep vacillating between easy and vanishing mm-hmm Rule the world with love is a fucking iron-fisted dictator who I believe might be Lord Urinal himself. Um, everything <laughs> everything had changed is uh, ki- kind of like the Rick Grimes um, uh, uh, XP to me, right? Because like he wakes up from a coma. One day, everything had changed. Everything was strange. But you know what? He keeps his head mm-hmm. down. He fucking does it. He has a promise. He has a hope. Uh, you know, he holds his breath. He counts the 10. Like, he's a fucking survivor. He surveys the ashes of the damage that he's done. Um, so, mm-hmm. and, and, and Peterborough, of course, father and son. So I think it has to be down to one of these fucking two. So at least vanishing in a movie has a gimmick. He's a magician. So I think he's mm-hmm. going to survive. So I'm going to go with easy. Uh, it's vanishing. Yeah, <laughs> damn it, Evan. <laughs> Are you telling me this stage magician wouldn't survive in an apocalypse? He would. He's surviving. I mean, he's not yeah. surviving, surviving, but like he made so it to I the final five. Like, he's like a magician slash illusionist who like has 
like trained animals. He obviously has a lion, a dog, and a rabbit at the very least. So I'm imagining a building of like a cult of personality built on like his powers, quote unquote. Sure. So he uses like the lion sort of like a rancor in Jabba's palace, uh-huh. like, you know, to like eat people who don't agree with him. But like, he's not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like misguided. So he runs like a barter town or something, which means he'll probably be okay for most of the story, but then get plowed under either by the big bad or the hero, depending on whether he falls on the good side or the bad side. Yeah. So like this, this guy's like a, this guy's like a, uh, um, master blaster type character sure. i agree i think we both agree that he's not a main character like no. this guy is too gimmicky to be a main character yeah this is the guy who like runs the bullet town in which like the blood tome of stangor is located and he's like <laughs> two men enter no one leaves or something like that <laughs> right you know? he's the he's only the... juice only juice leaves <laughs> he's the lovable shopkeep um yes. ev Fuck, mm-hmm. I think you might throw me for a loop here because i think somebody could overthrow a dictator who... but no i'm gonna go with easy Wrong, it's Rule of War with Love. Fuck, 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 I was right there. I was on the precipice. Yeah, yeah. So this is the bad guy, right? Yeah. This is the big bad. Yeah. So it's like the enclave and fallout or something like that. So like a dicta- like a really hardcore dictatorship is actually set up to weather a Mad Max pretty effectively, like if you keep things small. So he's got like a monopoly on violence, brutal repression under the guise of love. So yeah, I mean, this guy's kind of the final boss, but the final boss isn't the last one to die. Oh, he set some plan in motion that people are going to die even after he's dead. Is yeah, that what or, you're saying? you know, there's there's also like third act reveals and things like that, or sure. fourth act reveals, or fifth act reveals. How many Shit. acts are there? I don't know. Um, it's a standard 11 act structure. Fuck, if I get these right, I could still make five for 13. And I really, really want to. I, I God, I, I hate that I'm doing this, Ev, but easy. <laughs> you're correct. Oh, easy. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> So this is like, I see Easy as like one of the sub uh, decimatrixes in like Julia Child's murder cult. Uh-huh. And she's like completely drank the Kool-Aid until the heroes come through and then they like show her a different way. And they do like a whole Furiosa turn that ends in like a double cross. Oh. Where instead of like them helping out the heroes, they like kill Julia Child and steal her bleeding throne and then become like the villain for the sequel. Okay, got it. Oh, so she's shit. Like a, she's like an anti-hero, then turns, turn, like, does a heel turn at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sequel where Bank Job comes back. Got it. Um, got it. Boy, oh, boy. Like well, then yank job. the next one to die has to be Everything Had Changed. You are correct. F five, baby. All right. So you you almost you almost got this guy completely right. So this guy's definitely he's got a complicated story, right? He's a survivor first yeah. and foremost. Keeps his head down, moves from place to place, abandons his friends, but then everything changes one day, right? He finds somebody, most likely a kid or a pregnant lady, or even more likely a little girl. Mm-hmm. And we get like a Children of Men slash Last of Us slash The Road slash Waterworld slash Mad Max <laughs> slash Girl with All the Gifts slash Zombieland slash Stakeland slash The Mandalorian situation. <laughs> He probably gets through like all sorts of nasty situations to get his like little girl somewhere safe. Let's call it shiny town or the true true or something. And then he either like dies or succeeds and then has to leave because he's too much of a monster to deserve utopia. Oh shit. Wow. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I sort of got him. I was, I was kind of on the right track with that. Also, I want to make it clear that when I said, I think rule the world with love might be next you gave me a big nod, and I went with the wrong answer anyway. I just want our viewers or our listeners to know that. Um, so the last one, of course, is Peterborough and the Quarthas. You are correct, Hooray. son. This guy is fucking hero material. Yeah. Like, he's a protagonist who's away from his kid and family and has to battle his way across the wilds of northern Canada to reunite with them, right? Right. 
He doesn't start out hard, but he's like one of those born again hards guys. He gets there. And depending on what kind of story this is, he either reunites with them or they're dead. And it sets up a tired quest for vengeance where he has to track down like the seven deadly venoms or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I like that. Well, you know what? I And I, I uh, fuck your goofy bullshit. But I do think um, ending an album with Peterborough and the Quarthas is a big swing that kind of works for me. It's cute, and it ends on that repeated chorus, the I'll listen for you. Uh, like, that's a cute way to, like, leave your album, especially if you faded it out or something. That would have been nice. Uh, so, Ev, can you yeah, give... Yeah, this is the perfect album. Can you, can you give me... Because I'm actually curious to to think about it from front to back real quick. Run through your 13 one more time for me. Okay. Wind it up. <laughs> Hate that. Okay. Home. <laughs> All right. Take it back. <laughs> Adrift. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Bull in a china shop. <laughs> Bank job, uh, sound of your voice, vanishing, rule the world with love. Okay. Easy. Everything had changed, and then Peter Boring the Kawarthas. Bizarre. I I kind of like parts of it. I think easy comes bizarre. Easy's kind of a deep cut there. I think this mix kind of works somehow, because uh, yeah, opening the album with a drift is a huge problem. Like that—that's very bad. <laughs> Maybe you actually solved it by opening with "Wind It Up" because it kicks it off, buddy. Yeah. I think you accidentally made the correct album. <laughs> accidentally on purpose. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So in any case, I think your resequence is better than my resequence for this album, which is to take a shit on it and then throw it in a dumpster. Um, Ebo, we'll be right back with more. It's all been done. Mm-hmm. A bare naked ladies podcast. <laughs> Hi, Evan. Oh, shit. We're doing commercials for this? Oh, yeah. Of course we have commercials. We always have commercials, buddy. We can't not do them. What are we going to do? Yeah, I don't know. We're on this network. We must do commercials for all the quality products they do. Okay. So, um, I guess guess I've been mulling something over for a long time. Uh Uh-huh. Um, how high do you want to go? Jesus. Well, I've been in an aeroplane, but that truly, I looked out the window and I said, I whispered, higher. Uh, so uh-huh. I guess I wouldn't mind being, I don't know, two airplanes? Is that possible? Can you put an airplane inside a bigger airplane and make it go double the height? <laughs> I think that's science. Okay, then that's how high I want to go. Two airplanes high. The two mile high club, as they say. How high do you want to okay. go, buddy? Um... I've got sort of a, I don't say I'm afraid of heights, but I get like, I'm definitely, huh, like I'm scared of them, but scared in such a way that they give me like a little thrill, mm-hmm. but I'm also terrified. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like a roller coaster situation with all heights. For sure. So I don't know, like even like in the library at campus, like they replaced all the walls with glass. Oh, and when boy. I'm on like the seventh or eighth floor, I'm like standing on like the stairs or something. And I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> like I go down the stairs, like an old person, sure. like a very, an old as I like. So I think like, but I've been to like the top of the CN Tower and that was a lot of fun. Are, are you not a Are you not a rolly boy? Do you not like roller coasters? Oh, I love roller coasters. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I said, it gives me a little thrill. How come you don't? We do a Cedar Point trip every year. You never come with. Because it's always in the middle of the fucking week and I have a job. Oh yeah, that's right. Take a fucking decision day. <laughs> Did you stand on the glass floor of the CN Tower? Yeah. Okay, that's a fun. Yeah, I went up to the t- I went up to the tippy top. Yeah. And there was like wind blowing too, but the CN Tower is less scary because it's all like. It's all totally like enclosed. So you can go outside, but they're like there's like bars on it, so yeah. you can't fall out. Right. And that was it was fun. Well that I just remember it being so fucking windy. It was as windy as I've ever felt like it like 
it would like kind of pick you up and move you. Jesus. That's pretty cool. That doesn't answer my question though, which is how high do you want to go? Hmm. If I'm in something, probably space. Wow, that's a big high. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus. I want to be in I want to I want to spend I want to space. I want to be weightless for a little bit. I want to space. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, not like those, not like that bullshit, like like rich person weightless where they send you in like a suborbital shuttle and it just comes down a little bit. Like I want to be in fucking space. Yeah, I don't blame you. They have those zero G rooms. I've always wanted to try one of those, <laughs> which are even less rich person than the suborbital things. Uh, but that would be fun. Yeah. It would be fun to to just. But flip. I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't think I'll ever get there though. Like, it doesn't seem like we're pushing the envelope very much. And also, I'm really not the kind of person you send into space because I'm so big. You are big. You could be intimidating. And you're in good shape. I think, Ev, you are prime fucking meat for Space Force. No, no. I don't want to join this fucking Space Force. I'm just saying, if you want to go to space, you are, you're there. No, you, the thing is, they're not going to send, I'm way too tall. Like, if you looked at, have you met any astronauts ever? Like, all of them. Yeah, so have I. And they're all like five foot three. They're fucking tiny dudes and ladies. Okay. Like, they're not big. So act like Space Force. Like jockeys. Act like Trump's Space Force is going to be well organized and well thought out. He wants intimidating oh, people who yeah. are going to scare the fucking aliens. Here's the problem is I want to go to space and come back. I don't want to die in space, <laughs> which is what Trump's Space Force is going to do. <laughs> I guess. I th in my estimation, you just said you wanted to go to space. Now you're saying you want to come back too, which seems like asking for a lot. Well, you want to go two airplanes high and then just stay there forever? <laughs> I mean, if it's comfortable. I like being on an airplane. You don't like being on an airplane? For the rest of your life? Yeah, I, I guess I like being on it for an hour or two. Yeah, the rest of my life seems like a long time. All right, fine. You win this round, big man. So yeah, you, uh, you, you dig up that genie and like instead of granting you three wishes, he just asks you three questions and grants you the wishes based on that. <laughs> that That'd be a fucking sucks. straight up. How high do you want to go? Um, I do have. Do you have the? Um, I forget what the. What would be his second two questions? Oh, uh, I don't. Uh, the second question would be, um, what's your favorite Orange Groves podcast? And I would tell him my favorite okay. Orange Groves podcast is and, probably and CWFP, the casual wrestling fan podcast, where Cam and Jory, who are big fans of wrestling during the Attitude Era, uh, are now back watching the WWE 15 years later. They do recaps, thoughts, and goofs about PPVs, Raws, and SmackDown. What would your answer to that one be, Ev? Uh, obviously, um... I'm already scrolling up to Argonauts because I know it's the only podcast you know on the network. Uh, it would be obviously... I'm not... Uh, you can see my hands, so I'm not typing anything. Um, wish, wish we were here. What's the one about queer history? LGB time machine? Close enough. Okay. Wish we wish we weren't there is what I would have called it. Sure, absolutely. All right, cool. And uh, the third question, of course, Ev, take it away. How much food do you want ever? God, my answer to that is has been decided since I was six years old and saw Shazam, which is all of it junky falling from the sky. I want slap and chili dogs on the pavement. I want sloppy pieces of pizza to hit my head. I want it to be cloudy with a goddamn chance of meatballs, my friend. How much? Where? Where do you want the food? You want, a, you want cloudy with a goddamn certainty of meatballs? <laughs> yes, indeed. I checked the weather app. It says 100% meatballs. 
how much food for you? The air has the air has 100% meat. <laughs> it's like a humidity rating. <laughs> Holy! You Christ. step outside. You just like you have to like scoop your way with an ice cream scoop forward. <laughs> what a nightmare! Oh God! Uh, is it cooked or uncooked? I want. I'd probably be uncooked beef. I just live in uncooked beef land. Uh, uh, how much food do you want? Uh, as much as I want. Uh, <laughs> none. I want never to eat again. <laughs> I'll what? go the opposite direction. What a great thing to tell a genie. I, I wish to never eat again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if he's really trying to monkey pie you, maybe he'll just make you so you don't have to eat. But you still can if you want to. Right. Wow. I'm sure, I'm sure he would certainly do that. He's like, oh, you tricked me with reverse psychology. <laughs> That's never happened before. <laughs> um. Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Ladies podcast. Ebo, usually this would be the point where we spin a wheel, but instead, we are trapped, my friend. Trapped in isolation. Uh, since this is a special episode, I figure this time we will... Um, We'll just sort of, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll review a special song, a song that is indicative of our time. And that song would be Stephen Page's newest jam, Isolation. Um, he just released it as of this record, I think like three days ago. So it's still uh, mm-hmm. fresh off the presses. Um, what was your estimation of it? Well, first off, if you've never heard it before, listeners, here is a quick sample. Everybody in the house next door. Everybody on the ocean floor Everybody in the grocery store Say, oh, 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 oh Everybody says the bacon bread Everybody feel the creeping dread Everybody going back to bed like me I'm Damn. here to stay Ebo. You put, in the, uh, you put in the Stephen Page trio version, right? I did not. Clearly superior. Ah! You motherfucker, put that in. All right, I'll put it in right here. All right, right off the bat, we're going to get into other versions of this song. Uh, There are two other versions. So first thing you heard was the electronic version, which is the official canonical version. Uh, But Ev wanted me to play you the trio version now. So uh, let me give you kind of the the genesis of this song. Uh, Stephen Page had the idea for it, and then he played it acoustic and posted a YouTube video of it. And then the two other members of the Stephen Page trio uh, did their things around that acoustic jam. So we had um, we had the cello and uh, was it the electric guitar? Uh, yeah. yeah, that was added back in there. Uh, and that's your favorite, huh? Yeah, they're great. Kev Fox on that cello can't go wrong with him. He's a, I feel like the Kevs might be the best part of each of the respective. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should definitely get Kevin Fox and Kevin Hearn together. <gasps> the Kevs. What a fucking band that would be. My Two Kevs. My Two Kevs. That's a great name for a band. The saddest band in the universe. <laughs> My Two Kevs. <laughs> um, I, I wrote... Jeez, just, just Kevin, Hearn wa- Kevin Hearn wheezing into a piano, an accordion, and then a cello. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Fox does always kind of look pained, but I feel like that's that's half of playing the cello. Is looking mm-hmm. like you're not. It does hurt. Not enjoying no. it. Yeah. <laughs> does it? Yeah, I played the cello for like 
15 years and it's uh, it's very painful is it what what part of your body hurts the most when you play the cello well the way you're holding when the instrument vibrates it's like uh it's like nails like glass ground glass in all your joints oh goodness all right so yeah that's fun and because the uh cello has the same range and timbre of a human voice when you play you lose yours oh i see so there's no uh rasputina is a big fucking lie is what you're coming out to say yeah all of her stuff is all of her stuff is pre-recorded okay i see that makes sense um although they're electric cellos so that might skirt the rules a little bit i think right yeah okay got it yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I wrote in my notes, this was an awesome version, almost as good as the original. We were almost there. Almost there. Uh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I I, thought it was great, but I fucking love... When I heard the acoustic version and I heard the trio version, I thought, oh, this is going to be a really like interesting, sweet song because it's got goofy lyrics, but this is a very kind of like... Uh, there's a lot of gravitas to the way they're playing it. And then when they came out with the song, it was just a bouncy, fun, goofy song. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's what we need. And that's what the song was always meant to be. Not that I don't love this version, but I feel like it's not the best one. It's not not the truest uh, expression of isolation. And that's why... Age of Odds is your favorite Sofiane Stephen album. I fucking I love it. Age of Odds. Don't fuck with me. It's a great album. I know. <laughs> that's why I said that's yeah. why it's your favorite album. I thought, and I thought, obviously <laughs> it's not the best album. Then you're going to say Carrie and fucking Lowell is, which is a garbage album. No, I'm going to say like, Can You Hear the Illinois? That is the best album. Z- Can You Hear the Illinois is yeah. the best album for sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's Illinois, Michigan, Odds for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Illinois, Michigan, and then like the third Christmas album. Uh, Joey Clift, he's a great comedian, very funny guy. Um, he got a bunch of his musician friends together to do the other 48 states. So slowly, they are releasing 10-track oh. albums of the other states. Uh, they just did their like big media blitz where they had, I think, 22 other states. So they <laughs> they have, <laughs> there's a bunch of new uh, Sufjan Steven-esque albums out there now. And some of them are like really heartfelt, sincere, good songs. And some of them are like fucking goofs on Sufjan. And some of them are like parodies of other songs. It's just a lot of fun. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. Did they do Ohio, I assume? Uh, not yet. Uh, that's still on the way. Oh. So, yeah. Well. Uh, I, uh, I listened to... Which one did I listen to? Maybe Arkansas? Uh, I don't remember. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's there's still some, some good ones coming out there. Um, in any case, the acoustic version reminded me so much of a bathroom session. Like, it was the epitome of yeah. bathroom session, which I enjoyed a lot. Oh, absolutely. It was fun to hear mm-hmm. Steve being so raw, like his voice cracks at some point, and it's just a good time. Um, so let's let's talk about the canon version of this song, unless you had something else you wanted to say about the trio version. Trio version's great and should be the canon version. Yeah, it should be, but unfortunately, it's not. Unfortunately, we can't always get what we want out of the Bannocked Ladies. Uh, I can. I'm always satisfied. <laughs> I'm equally dissatisfied with everything. Um, this one is uh, the instrument. The instrumental portion of this is a fucking delight. I loved how electronic he took this, um, and I feel like when you're alone and you can't, you know, work with your group all that well. You kind of have to make it an instrumental song, especially if you're Steve and you don't play an instrument super duper well, which mm-hmm. I, he said before, not me. This is not Saker being shitty. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like he, he killed that. We have um, we have uh, the electronic bass drop downs. Those are neat. We have the big bouncy synth bass lines. Like, 
I don't know. I, I, I loved the, the electronic portion of this. I thought it was okay. <laughs> it, was it was bouncy and fun. And I mean, I definitely like, you can kind of tell he wrote it on just an acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. And then he like added all this stuff in. And I mean, like I said, he's a consummate musician. So magician, and he's the one vanishing. <laughs> so I think that um, he did a good job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there, there, we, we have uh, a cajon in this, which is an instrument I love. It's those big wooden boxes that you sit on and just slap the front of. Uh, and mm -hmm. we got hand claps. Oh my God. I was so delighted to hear those hand claps, buddy. You, you don't even know. Um, so we had a lot of great percussion in this too, which I didn't expect, but I was delighted by, um, just he he did a good job being a lonely boy in his house. I thought it was fun. Actually, I don't even think agreed. I don't even think he's in his house because he was uh, supervising the. Wait, he's not in isolation. He is in isolation, but I think in an apartment, a rented apartment, because he was supervising um, uh, the, his play tryouts or not tryouts, but oh. his um, you know, they were they were doing run-throughs of the play. So I think he's somewhere else in Canada right now, uh, away from his family. It's just a bummer for him, I'm sure. Uh, but he made a good job of it. He did. He did. Uh, there is a fun, the the instrumental part that uh, uh, caught me off guard was at 325, there's a weird, like, which is like 10 seconds from the end of the song, drums like kick in. And there's like a weird mm -hmm. like fill or kick. I was like, we're at the end of the song, Steve. Like, you're, that's this a strange place to put this. Um, but honestly, I didn't have a lot to say other than this was a cool electronic ditty. Um, what do you think of anything I'll say about the instruments before we get to the uh, before we get to the um, the lyrics themselves? No, I'm just not. A, I'm not a big as, as big a fan of like little. I mean, I knew you you always love those little instrumental flourishes, and that's like. 80% of what the electronic version of the song is. Sure. So I can obviously tell that's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was fine. It was fine, okay. but I, I had really nothing. Like, I much, much more enjoyed the, the trio version yeah. because, like, I could hear the instruments and see the people play and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, there were no boops in it. <laughs> Do you not like boops? Uh, you know, I like them in electronic songs, but, like, this is just, like, a re like I think if I hadn't heard the acoustic version first, I wouldn't be judging everything against sure. it. I think if I had just heard this, I'd be like, oh, this is a fine song. But now I'm like, oh, she's got an acoustic guitar and he's just like, I don't know what I do here in this this millisecond space. Oh, I know. <laughs> sure. I feel like you've liked bloops and stuff like Bank Job had like Kevin's big bloopy synths and like, I feel like you don't hate it. No, I don't hate boops. Right. I just like them to be supported. Okay, sure. That checks out. Um, there, oh, there is another tiny uh, pseudo-instrumental thing. There's, like, a crowd noise that he loops at some point. Like, if you're listening to the song, mm -hmm. it sucks. There's, like, a, a weird whistle that repeats very loudly, like, every two seconds. So you can tell this is just, like, a very small loop. he's just put over it's mm -hmm. it's just a very strange uh a very strange piece of 
what I assume is uh, public domain audio that he chose to put in there. <laughs> like he couldn't find a better crowd noise. Just weird. It's like a, it's like King of Bedside Manor. <laughs> I, in that regard. I guess so. Yeah, I could see that. Um, let's talk about the, uh, the actual words to this song. We are in isolation. Sure. Did this song ring true for you, Ev? Uh, for the most part. Mm. I mean, like, I'm learning to bake bread. I'm also dealing with creeping dread. So, you know, <laughs> that's a nice, that's sw- yeah. sweet little easy rhyme there. Sure. What, what What's the reference? To, I got most of them. But what about the reference to tiny horses? I wrote that too. I didn't understand what that was. Everybody taking online courses. Everybody with the tiny horses. Everybody- like, I, yeah, everybody with their tiny horses. I, like that was weirdly one of the lines yeah. I connected most with, even though I didn't understand. My son mm-hmm. got a new uh, miniature rocking horse that's like for little one-year-olds, and he can sit on it, and he loves it because it plays a little song if you squeeze its ear. And so I've heard mm-hmm. that song a lot. So everybody with their tiny horses, indeed, for me. But we're gonna put a little bit of that song in right here. Fuck, I will do it. <laughs> I'm a little pony, clippity clop. It's a catchy tune. Um, there were <laughs> they always are. They always are. <laughs> there was there was a lot of bizarre ones. Everybody on the ocean floor. Everybody in the house next door. Everybody on the ocean floor. I got that one because it's like you're in your next door house, but you might as well be on the ocean floor because you're all sealed off from each other. Like I got that. Everybody in the Pizza Hut. Yeah, I didn't get that one either. <laughs> there was just some like questionable choices that, speaking of King of Bedside Manor, did feel very Gordon-y because they felt like they were chosen mm-hmm. for the sake of this is funny rather than the sake of this makes sense, which is... <laughs> or, yeah. or this rhymes with another line I have. Yeah, I, uh, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, they, I wrote that they were like classic, classic BNL, but kind of almost without the energy to support them. Like, God, I think actually, I'm so glad you brought up King of Bedside Manor because I didn't have that reference at the ready. But imagining Steve in that song, like, excuse me, miss you, riding crap, like so energetic. This was everybody with their da 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 da, everybody with their like, it just doesn't have the same push that I feel like early BNL has, right? Well, he's 30 years older. Sure, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, he's, he's, he's more experienced. And this is, not, this is not the time for being jovial. This is the time for being somber and reminiscing about how mm-hmm. sad it is that we're in quarantine. Um, did you feel, speaking of the everybody part, did you feel like that was intended to be diegetic of our everyday repetition? Like, every day feels mm. the same. I think it... it Maybe I feel more like he just wanted to get the song done and it's the easiest just to repeat verse, chorus, verse, chorus, sure. verse, chorus. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, this this song felt simultaneously kind of like thrown together, but also somewhat polished. I don't know, like he was thinking about it for a while. Yeah, no, this was a this was a fun song. Yeah. I really enjoyed this song. Like, is it a bop? Am I gonna like you know, put it on my track list. Fuck no. But like, I definitely, it, the, the hook stuck with me for a little bit and that was fun. That's what I expect. From, that's all I expect or need from a BNL sure, song. Yeah. It's a very easy, catchy hook. It's, it's lovely. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, here's, here's the big, test. I love, I love how he called out. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the big test is, I mean, 
Did I pay $1.20 for it on Bandcamp? Yeah, I did, which is crazy to me. I never pay for songs, but I did for this one. Did I go onto Stephen Page's website and listen to it four times? Yep, I did. <laughs> I only really downloaded it because I know I'm going to need to cut parts out and put them in here. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, I went to see him in concert, so I feel justified in stealing all of his uh, music. <laughs> it's not stealing. He had it for streaming on his page. I know. That's, your, that's the argument that you made to me once. <laughs> yeah, that's how artists make their money. They don't make it through streams. They make it through... You gave him nothing. I gave him $1.20 straight into his goddamn pocket. <laughs> Um, I know. That's the argument that I was making. Yeah. Wait, I'm confused. Am I right? <laughs> you're right now. All right. <laughs> um, because you're paying for your music. <laughs> no, I pay for shirts, my friend. Um, everybody who starred in Big, I thought was the cutest line of this. That was very funny. That made me laugh. Yeah. Everybody who just lost that gig. Everybody who was starred in Tommy Hankey. Yeah, little Tommy Hankey. Was everybody with their filthy phone a reference to the fact that everyone is masturbating a lot more in quarantine? Or everybody with a nice clean tone. Everybody with the filthy phone. I think it could be a double entendre that everyone's masturbating a lot more, I guess. I didn't go there. I thought that just like no one ever fucking cleans their phone. So and you're touching on it constantly oh. and putting it near your mouth and stuff. Yeah, that makes a so, lot more sense. I don't That was what that's what that was my read, but I think the masturbation and the porn read comes as well. Sure. I guess. I went straight to Stephen Page's if you dick, want to take it there, as Saker. I usually do. Um I think the uh the only the the line like everybody on their big sports team sounded so diminutive, like, oh are you sad your little NBA got cancelled? <laughs> like Come on, man. That was, some people love that. Not me, but... Everybody with the broken dreams. Everybody on the big sport team. <laughs> it was just a very funny... Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought that that Tiny Horses line was enigmatic. The other line that I thought was weird was, um, uh, I could take the easy route and say this is the way we've always been. Spend a couple hours down the rabbit hole and you'll know what I mean. up he hits that bean so fucking hard and it delighted me <laughs> he rhymed it with mean which is the best but what the fuck is he talking about I, that maybe we've always been in isolation i don't because i mean i know there's an argument that is floating around all the time that the internet has made us more isolated because you know we're talking online instead of being in person and joining clubs and stuff like that and it's led to like an uptick in loneliness and you know feelings of just Ap not apathy, but like just feeling disconnected from society. But I don't know. I don't know if I buy that 100%. Yeah. And it, and it seems very kind of like societal critique -y in this song that on the whole is very like, look at all the fun, goofy things that we're doing together in isolation. <laughs> it's just like a very strange line to throw in there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I thought that like everybody's going to say enough also sort of read two ways for me. Like everyone's going to say enough and we're done with this isolation eventually. But also, like, everyone's going to say enough with the system that allowed this to get this far. Like, and I mean, a lot of the things that came out of the previous, um, like, global pandemic, which I'm talking about, like, the, the Spanish flu sure. back 100 years ago, was a turn towards more, like, more robust medical systems and support 
systems and things like that. Um, so, you know, hopefully if anything good comes from this, it'll be that. And I don't know if I've said that before on the podcast, but that's that's something I feel. For sure. So. Yeah. That, that kind of fits in with the everybody's going to call their bluff in isolation as well. Like we're bluffing that our, our capitalist society is enough to support us. They keep saying it's okay. They're sending us one check once. Like that's not enough. We're going to mm-hmm. call your bluff. So I like that too. I like that read. So yeah, I'm hoping that this pushes societal change. Mm. Uh, obviously more towards my uh, beloved socialism, <laughs> but... Uh, or democratic socialism. I shouldn't say straight up socialism, sure. but yeah, I'm not quite that far yet. Cal. <laughs> a message for one of our listeners. Great. <laughs> hey, all we've got eight. So I've got to call them out like one at a time, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so I think actually Cal is like three of our listeners. <laughs> it's true. He keeps sending us different emails under different names. The two things, two things I liked about this were uh, that he called out our great state, our beloved state of Ohio, uh, multiple times in the song. He did? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. What else could that stand for? <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Yeah, you 100%. He's, I, I, did you hear the, um, the other acoustic version that was, I, I don't think I sent it to you. It was pre that one. Where he goes, Mo, 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 where he's calling out the postal code from, postal code from Missouri. <laughs> That's correct. I was going to say he was saying, Gov, DeWine, DeWine, but I like <laughs> Mo better. So well, do you think? I mean, as you well know, Ohio has led the COVID response. And, Amazingly. Uh, we're, far, we're far ahead of other states as far as, um, actually very far ahead as far of as far as like both medical response and preparations and like social distancing orders. Like our governor was, as much as I disagree with a lot of the stuff he's done, he was sort of Johnny on the spot, at least as regards to like citizens. Yeah. I mean, he still has a lot, he still had a lot of problems with like prisoners and, uh, um, you know, people in other enclosed situations that can't get out of them, like group care facilities and whatnot. Yeah, but, but now he's getting right back to bootlicking though. I mean, he <laughs> is, you know, oh, those people have their, have the right to protest. They're okay. And you know, our president's got it under control and yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. Uh, but whatever. I mean, as long as he keeps everybody from the, I mean, the thing is I, I actually spend a lot of time in, the, in meetings with high ranking medical officials in the state because I do a lot of data analytics for all this sort of stuff. And a lot of the things they're saying are much more positive than other situations in other states. That oh, we're and we're actually like, we're helping out other states a lot. Um, we were just the talking to the mayor of New York and whatnot about stuff like this. So okay. it's a, it's pretty good. We're in a good situation vis-a-vis privilege, uh, which is another thing he calls out in the song, which is sure another thing does. I like. I love that, yeah. Yeah, that, I really liked that because I mean, I and you and probably hopefully many, hopefully everyone in this sit- listening to our podcast, yeah, is in a privileged position of not being half, not having to worry about like where their next check is coming from and whatnot. Sure. I wish only goodness on all of you listeners. Sure, sure. And I wish only badness on non-listeners. <laughs> I I hope that they. No, nah, I don't even want to say. No, anything. I don't want. I don't. Want, <laughs> yeah, I want. I want everyone to see the light and to have. I don't know. I just want socialism the, to take care of us. Oh, I thought you meant see the light of this Bare Naked Ladies podcast. You hope that everyone yes. listens. Yes, I hope everyone listens and realizes what's going <laughs> sure. on. And I hope we get into a good federation, not a bad libertarian hellscape. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ebbo, did you have any other notes on this uh, song? Um, Boop-a-doop-a-doop-boop. Nope, nope. Yeah, me too. Let's get around to rating this song. <laughs> All right, Ev, as okay. usual, we rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more naked this song is, uh, the more gooder, and the less naked, the more badder. 
Um, so, Ev, as usual, we're going to start with you to give me a little time to think. So, go ahead. What is your rating for this song? Oh, it's super duper easy. Um, this song, since we're in isolation, mm. and I wanted to reach out to our listeners, because you've really never seen me, neither, neither me nor Saker, in person um, well, most of you. Well, uh, Cal but, is three so, of our eight listeners. So they're listeners. So everyone <laughs> who's not Cal um, is listening, and they're hearing the sound of my voice and uh, and your voice. So for this, I want the listeners. All right, listeners, take take a moment, take a deep breath, and I want you to imagine what I'm wearing. In whatever they, to this song. Whatever they imagine it to be is your rating, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Imagine imagine my rating. Imagine me. Imagine me dressed or not dressed. You know. You don't have to tell anyone. You keep that to yourself. I I, yeah. I wish, Ev, that you... Because, like, I know you're wearing a shirt and a sweater, but every so often you'll, like, get up to adjust yourself. I truly wish you would wear pants or underwear or something to these records because it's upsetting. Do not give away my secret. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I will not. Um, okay, uh, Ebbo, I like that rating. It's whatever the listener <laughs> wants it to be. Very strange. Um, mine I'm is in isolation, they're in isolation, but we're all together in imagining what I'm wearing. Sure, sure. That's true and beautiful. Because what uh, I'm actually wearing leaves nothing up to the imagination. Ooh, brought the mic up to the mouth for that one. Um, I think I am going to rate this song. God, I, I want to be like clever and be like, it's what I'm, you know, it's what I wear, a t-shirt and underwear because I'm just around the house. But I'm one of those people that needs to have a structure to my life. I get up, I watch our kid, first nap, I exercise, I take a shower, I put on jeans and a shirt. So it can't be like, this song is less than jeans and a shirt, I think. So actually, I'm going to say this song is what I'm wearing in quarantine two months from now, when we're still in quarantine. Sorry, unfortunately. It's a t-shirt and shorts. It's a t-shirt and shorts and some sandals. Uh, My usual June quarantine garb, I'm going to say. You gotta... You got to stay cool. You got to stay comfortable, listeners. You, this song is good. I think it's what summer is going to feel like for me. Because I'm still going to be listening to this song. It's going to be a summer bop when we're all still in isolation. I hope you're wrong about the, well, I hope you're right about the quarantine. But I also hope you're wrong that we have a vaccine by June. (laughs) But we won't. I would love for it to be fast-tracked. But I expect it to be next year. Goodbye, 2020. Nothing happened in you. That's unfortunate. but It'll be a good story, hopefully, to tell our great-grandchildren as they gather around our knee and they kiss our feet, as is their want in the future. Yeah, as... Kiss kiss upon the feet of the elderly. (laughs) The the decroted feet of the elderly. Sure. As we regale them with uh, stories of how their fathers and mothers were killed in the blood gulch uh, at Lord Urinal's... uh... (laughs) You really like that Lord Urinal. I knew you would would lock onto that name. Truly glommed onto Lord Urinal. I'm a big fan of his. uh, He's got that that filth lust. He got his... (laughs) He got his position by hiding inside of uh, porta potties and like, <laughs> because everyone needs to shit even in the wasteland. So when they go in there, he just fucking knife them up the up the up the butt. Hell yeah, dude! There's a reason they call it the wasteland. Um, yeah. Ebo, and he's that... immune. He's his his radiation uh, powers make him immune to basically all filth. Oh wow! That radiation does that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, radiation does kill everything yeah. except for Lord Urinal. <laughs> it only makes him stronger, like Super Shredder. Yeah, and his thing. Yeah, his thing is he's filthy and covered in disease, but he also eats urinal cakes. Just like crunches oh. them like through the whole through his whole villain monologue. He's just like crunching on like it's like hard candy to him. 
<laughs> he gets a birthday urinal cake. Do you think but they his make breath smells so good? Do you think they make birthday flavored urinal cakes? I don't think they make any flavored urinal cake, Saker. <laughs> but they make scented, which is the same as flavored. Smell and taste are not the same, buddy. They're inexorably linked. So if you made like a hamburger scented candle, you could just chow down on that exactly as you would a big old Mackie boy. I think it's hitting the same parts of my br- Listen, Evan, if I can imagine the entire Yakuza series in my head, then I can play <laughs> it. So smelling a hamburger is the same as eating yeah. a hamburger to me. So is imagining a hamburger is the same as smelling and eating it. <laughs> exactly. If my imagination is So why ever eat a hamburger? <laughs> Shit, dude. I think you just got me off food. Thank you. I needed to kick that. <laughs> And your wish is granted. <laughs> Evan, you can find us on the internet uh, it, at Been Done Pod on Twitter. Uh, it's all been done, American Ladies Podcast on Facebook. Send us an email. Uh, it's all been it's it's all been done podcast. Is that our? Now I'm doubting myself. Yeah, it's all been done podcast at yes. gmail.com. Jesus Christ. Um, we do need a couple more emails, so toss them in. I'd be happy to get them. Um, beyond that, Ebbo, what you got to plug this week, my friend? I don't know, like side dishes mostly. Nice. Slaw? Slaw, yeah. Corn, poutine. Poutine's Putin. a side. Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah, it's not, you're going to eat a whole... Well, I guess you would, but like, I don't know. It's not the same. I don't know. In the like the Western European canon, like a main dish is meaty, right? Usually. And, and I know we yeah. eat far too much protein and that sort of stuff. And, you know, we've gotten away from that a little bit. But at the sure. same time, like, you know... If you're not eating a whole chicken in the shower naked and just like letting the grease wash down your body and leaving the chicken bones in the uh, sink, it's not a main course. Hey, baby, that's isolation if I've ever heard it. <laughs> eating an entire rotisserie chicken in the shower. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, oh, O'Reilly's. Governor Dwight. I'm Saker. <laughs> I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one, one. week. Wake. 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 Check, check, check it. I'm the boy, I'm the baby, I'm the buddy, I'm the boy. I smell everything that I like to enjoy. Sometimes I go out, sometimes I stay in. But when I go inside, I get really thin. I go through doors everywhere I look. I'm very small and I know how to cook. I can put anything that I want in my pants, especially gots of fire ants. Yeah, uh-oh, here comes a little boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm getting spied on. <laughs> Hi, little boy. Hi, 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 Lukey. Okay. Hi, Lukey. Come down. We'll just cut this out. Reminded me of the uh, CNN video where you're giving a report and the little person uh, comes in the room. I'm a wizard. You're a wizard? <laughs> no way. What's your favorite? What's your favorite bare naked lady song? No, just Galena is my favorite. Hello. Just Scalia is his favorite. <laughs> Justice Scalia is your favorite Brennan Good Lady song? <laughs> yes, Justice Scalia. <laughs>
<laughs> wow. Can you sing? Can you sing a little part of the Bernicked Lady song you like, Luke? Okay, sing. Sing. It's <laughs> a beautiful song. It is a beautiful song. Isolation, the purest distilled form. You want to take that snowball upstairs? <laughs> All right, that'll be up in a second, and I'll start making din din. Din din. You want to say one? What, what's one last thing you want to say to Uncle Saker? I like Skeletal. Really bad because he wants her in slime. My favorite thing putting in the. He likes Skeletal really bad because he wants to put her in slime. His favorite thing is putting her in slime. Is what he said. <laughs> oh, that's one. I know you can't hear me, Luke, but thumbs up, bud. This is what you have to look forward to when your son starts talking is most of the stuff he says is either bizarre, boring, or the same thing he just said. I want to put Justice Antonio Scalia in slime. I like it when Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in slime. I might keep some of that in. I don't know. That was fun.